I don't know if you have stress in your life, but you probably do. I did a quick search on what are the biggest stressors in people's lives. I just brought a, a list here, and you can, some of you can relate to that financial problem, especially at Christmas. And you got it, man, how am I going to afford all of these things? Money doesn't go as far as it used to. Work-related issues, you don't have the job that you want, or you thought you'd get promoted, or you're not making quite as much money, or there's internal conflict at work, health concerns. Some of us have have that maybe it's not for us it's for someone that we love family relationships i mean those really come to a head at christmas right because you've got this person and they can't be in the same house or in the same room as this person but you need to go to both of those christmases and there's just conflict and there's struggle and what about this and what if this person says this and how are we going to get there and just all of those dynamics life changes some of you have moved this year or you've gotten a new job this year and just maybe it was expected maybe it was even planned but it's just the the changes of of life parenting challenges how many people are stressed every now and again about parenting challenges like how how is it that and my kid listens to their teacher so well and then gets home and doesn't listen to me at all i have this currently happening in my life i know some of you can't relate to this but the question that i asked this morning is how is it possible that my son cannot wake up for the life of anything on school days and then on the weekend is up at the crack of dawn. How is that possible? I don't, I don't know. I don't understand, but it's stressing your boy out because he's awake really early. Loneliness, some people, especially at Christmas, you just stressed. I thought by this time, man, I would have somebody or I've lost somebody. The, the loneliness for a lot of people, lack of time, but he's just so busy. There's so many things going on. There's so many challenges. There's so, it's, just, it's just stressful. And then there's the Kansas City Chiefs wide receivers. It's stressing us out. It's very stressful. Why, why can't they catch the ball? We don't know. But it's bothering me. And it's stressing me out. And so what I'm hoping to do today is to try to provide for all except the last one some peace at Christmas, because I'm not even sure the Lord can help that situation this year. I don't know for sure. It's really, really bothering us. But here's what, here's what when Isaiah the prophet looked into the future and saw, he, he, read, he, he had this great, great picture. And you've heard this, and it's read almost, almost every Christmas. He says, for unto us, that's you and I, a child is born. You can go to that next slide. To us, a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father. And here's what we're looking at today, Prince of, Prince of Peace. Because I think what's true for all of us is that we could use some peace in our life. I mean, I, if, if I had in my hand extra peace, I think we would all get in line and say yes. Even if my life is not just a total wreck, even if, you know, by, by and large, it's pretty wrinkle-free, I could use some extra peace in my life and so our temptation is to try to run around and fix all of the things and we have turmoil we've got work problems family problems money problems lack of time problems and our temptation is to run around and try to fix all of those and we can fix it for a little while and we can kind of figure out how to keep all the plates spinning and we say to ourselves if i could just get whatever that is for you, then I would be at peace if I could just get a raise, if we could just have a little bit more money, if I could just get a little bit better of a job, if our family could get along just a little bit better, then I would be at peace. And it's just these, these plates that are spinning, and for a while we can get it, right? 
and then one little domino drops and lots of things fall apart. And so what do we do with that? That's the question we try to, try to answer today. Is that how, how do I, in, in the middle of, of challenges and chaos, some things that I can fix, but a lot of things that I can't, how can I experience internal peace during external chaos? What, what is it that, that God has given me? If, if it's true that he's the prince of peace, what does that mean for my life today and as we go into the Christmas season? Because Christmas is a reminder that I can have that, that I can have peace in chaos, not in spite of, of chaos, in the middle of it. Because peace that we try to get a hold of is that we try to fix, if I could just make everything work, then I would be at peace. And that works for a little bit, but then... There's just challenges that pop up, and a lot of them are not your fault. A lot of them are just, this is the way that the world works. But if Scripture is telling us the truth, that the Prince of Peace has come, and in the middle of all of the chaos and turmoil, I can rise above it. And nothing on the outside changes, but on the inside, there's something good happening inside of me. And so here's what I'm not trying to get happen today. My goal today is not to fix any of the list. I can't do that for you. And some of the list is not fixable. You, you cannot fix some things. But how can I, in the middle of that, have peace? And my, my struggle with this is we're going to look at Philippians, which is a, a really well-known portion of Scripture. You've probably heard it before. Even if you're not a church person, you've heard it before. And the, the challenge that I faced this week as I've studied this is I said, I don't want this to be trite, I don't want this to be just like, hey, buck up, it'll all work out, and just, just keep your chin up. And so that's not what I'm trying to say, because you have some real challenges in life, and you're facing some things that I probably don't know about and can't imagine, and things that you don't deserve, and things that you didn't do anything, but it's just, it's just life. But Philippians, the Apostle Paul, gives us some things. And here's why I think you should take the Apostle Paul's word seriously. That if it was just me saying this, then you should just kind of discard it because I've honestly lived a pretty wrinkle-free life. My life's been pretty great. But the Apostle Paul who wrote this had a really challenging life. He had a more challenging life than you did. The Apostle Paul was shipwrecked, he was beaten, he was thrown in jail, he's writing what he's writing from jail hereafter not too long, is going to be beheaded. His life did not match up to what we would think that's the life worth living. And in the middle of that, even when things didn't get better, Paul writes these words. I'm going to read the whole thing for you and then we're going to pull out seven ways that you can have peace during this Christmas, we're going to run through it really, really fast. I hope that you'll be able to stick with me. Verse number four, it starts with this. Rejoice in the Lord always. I'll say it again, rejoice. Let your evidence, let your gentleness, excuse me, be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious. You've heard this before. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God, and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put it into practice, and then here is our line. And the God of peace will be with you. That's my goal for you today, is that 
in the midst of struggle and turmoil and stress that you would be able to get through this Christmas season saying, yeah, I, I didn't want to go all through that, but the God of peace was with me. And in these few short verses, we see ways that we can experience that. Not a preacher talk about it, but that you can actually grab a hold of it with your hands. And so let me just really, again, we're going to blast through these because you've got places to be this morning, so hang on. Here's the first one, that peace is ignited with praise. That's how it starts, is that we make a choice. Peace is ignited with praise. Rejoice, he said, in the Lord always. I'll say it again, rejoice. Now, it, the, the key to this verse is these three words right here. Because if Paul would have just said rejoice always, you would say, here's the reason I can't do that. I can't rejoice because of the job, because of the money, because of the family. And Paul is saying, I don't want you to do that because there's some things you can't rejoice in, but in the middle of that, you can rejoice in the Lord. Imagine, imagine it this way. We could say it this way. You've done this. Rejoice. Sorry, go back to that last slide. Rejoice in the new job. Rejoice that you got the bonus. And what happens when, that, when you rejoice in that? That the emotion of the good news of whatever else is happening, that kind of washes over the rest of our life. When you're rejoicing in that you finally got pregnant, isn't it true that that kind of encompasses the rest of your life? And people say, what are you so happy about? And they say, we are, we're pregnant. Or, man, I got this new job. Or, we were able to start the business. I'm rejoicing in something and that something is kind of washing over the rest of my life, and it's minimizing some other difficult challenges in my life. Paul is saying that you can rejoice in the Lord, that you can ignite peace with praise, and that I allow the reality of what God has done to wash over the rest of what's happening in my life, that God has poured out love and mercy and grace and forgiveness in my life, that he has adopted me into his family. I rejoice in that, and I keep doing it. Rejoice in the Lord always. I'll say it again because we might not have gotten it the first time. Rejoice, rejoice. Peace starts with recognizing, God, you are still God even in the midst of all the things that I'm going. And so rejoice in the Lord until your emotions catch up with who God is in your life. That your emotions are saying, this is bad, it's so stressful, it's so chaotic, I'm just at the end of my robe, I can't take it one more day. And so I just step back. Who is God? What has God done? What has God offered? And I'm going to rejoice in that until, I'm not going to just make it Sundays from 10.15 to 11.15. That's going to be the calling card of my life until that truth washes over the rest of my life. Peace is ignited with praise. And then here's, here's good news for the people that are around you. Peace is evident in our conduct. It says, rejoice in the Lord always. Let me say it again. Rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. Because isn't what's true about your life the same as true about my life? Is that when I'm stressed out and when I have chaos and when I am at the end of my rope, it negatively impacts the people that I love the most. That when I am have, don't have peace in my life that I become short-tempered, it bleeds onto the people that I love the most and I become impatient, I'm easily angered. And when I'm at peace though, I can bring that peace to the people in my life. And so Paul is saying, let, let what's happening on the inside be evidence also. When you walk into that family Christmas, that's, it's stressful and it's chaotic and 
you got to really watch out that this person doesn't get in the kitchen with this person alone because there's going to be fireworks and it's just all kind of everybody's kind of walking on eggshells here's what you can do i can i can be at peace and my peace that i carry in with me impacts and makes better for the people around me let it be evident to all that i'm going to fight fire with a fire extinguisher instead of adding to the fire that's what peace will do in your life and so peace is ignited with praise it's evident in my conduct people look at you and say what what's happening in your life why why are you at peace because of all this well i just it's internal well there's chaos yeah it's, it's on the inside i i can tell it's evident to all and then here's the third one peace is ignited with praise it's evident in our conduct and then it's anchored it's anchored where, where does that actual peace come from well it's anchored in god's presence is that let your gentleness be evident to all the lord is near if we just stopped right there that is for some of us we just need to be reminded when i walk into whatever it is i'm walking in it's not on my own that imagine imagine how much better you would feel if whenever you walked into that chaotic work environment or whatever it is that you have going on in your life can you imagine how much better you would feel if jesus in flesh and bones was like walking in with you wouldn't that be just such an extraordinary gift imagine you go into family christmas and you've got jesus as your plus one your christmas would be better you might say jesus i'm not sure but maybe try casting a devil out of this one over here because they've got some real challenges i don't know for sure but maybe maybe try it but I mean, that would be, your, your Christmas would be better. Well, if scripture tells us the truth, well, maybe not flesh and bones, but there's never been a moment of your life that Jesus has not been close. That's the reality of Christmas, is that peace, Max Licato would say, peace is not the absence of trouble. Peace instead is the presence of Christ. The Lord is near. Isaiah the prophet, remember the same one that said, wonderful counselor, mighty God, eternal father, prince of peace. He said this as well. He said, so do not fear. Whatever that list of you, of yours, that like that kind of, man, I am stressed about that. Don't fear. Not because that's going to get better. Paul, by the way, was beheaded. It, it, Paul's life didn't get better. It got worse. And yet he was able to write this. Isaiah's life was a train wreck. And yet he wrote, don't fear, for I, this is God speaking, I'm with you. Don't be dismayed. Yeah, but I, my 401k is tanked, or this isn't working. I thought I would be, but don't be dismayed, for I am not necessarily even fixing it. I'm your God. I'll strengthen you. I'll help you. I'll uphold you with my righteous right hand. And so that's where peace brings us is that peace is that it's just anchored in whatever I go through, I don't go through alone. The Lord is near, and then peace is, here's our fourth one, peace is grown in prayer. So it's anchored in God's presence, but how is it actually grown up in my life? Well, it's, it's grown in prayer. Peace, by the way, I should have put this on a slide somewhere, peace is a gift that you've been given. Peace is available to you. Jesus said it this way, I think it's like John 14, give or take. Jesus said, peace I give you, my peace I leave with you. Not the peace that the world brings, but my peace. And so peace is this gift that Jesus has extended to you. It's available to you, and that peace is grown up as we pray. Do not, this is verse number, what are we at? Verse number six, do not be anxious about anything. Well, Paul, let me tell you my story. 
Paul, let me tell you why I am anxious. Well, Paul said, again, Paul's not trying to get you to say, don't be anxious because there's nothing to be anxious about. Paul isn't saying, oh, that's no big deal. Paul isn't that weird guy that just says, oh, don't worry about it, it'll all be fine. Oh, I would have never thought about that. I just, I just won't worry about it. No, that's not what Paul is saying. He's saying, I want you to take that anxiety that is real and that is impacting your life and it's making you lose some sleep and it's making you tense and making it hard for you to get along with your husband or your wife and it's just got you totally wound up. I want you to take that very real anxiety and I want you to exchange it for something else. Every situation, prayer and petition. Now this is, peace is grown not in an instant. It's not a light switch. And that, that's the problem that people have with this verse is that, that we, we just want it to be happening. God, give me peace. And then we go five seconds and I'm, I'm still anxious. Well, peace is, is grown in prayer. Every, every good thing that happens in your life is it takes time. There, there's no such thing as shortcuts. And so this is not this quick 911 prayer while you're running late for something. Oh, God, please help me. I mean, God hears those prayers, but that's not the prayer that Paul is talking about. Paul, the, the, the prayer that Paul is talking about, this prayer and petition, is, is bringing my whole life before God, and I'm going to place it into his hands. And I'm going to spend the time that I need to spend God, this is really real in my life. I thought this would be different. This is happening. I'm struggling with this. I cannot get around this. And I'm not just gonna make this this quick drive-by prayer. I'm gonna pray until the peace comes. Peace is grown in prayer as I open my hands and say, God, this is what's happening. We've got this family and financial dynamic. I need your peace. And I'm just gonna stay here until I'm able to give you all my anxiety and you're able to give me your peace. Anxiety is our attempt to carry the burden of the present and the future. Prayer, on the other hand, is yielding it to and leaving it in the safe hands of God. In other words, and we've said this before, that your anxiety, my stress, your frustration, it can't be my problem and God's problem at the same time. I've got to decide. Whose problem is this? Is this my burden to carry? Is it God's burden to carry? Is this my problem to solve? Is it God's problem to solve? And as long as I'm holding on to this, there might be some things that I can do to fix it, but there's also that anxiety that comes along with it. But if Paul is telling us the truth, that there is a peace that is available that is grown through prayer. The Apostle Peter, who also had a really challenging life, who was killed for his faith in Jesus. His life was not a picture of, of peace and tranquility and everything going well. He said it this way, cast. In other words, I, I'm just throwing it. All of your anxiety on him, not because your anxiety is just little and not a big deal. I said, no, it, it is a big deal. But he cares for you. Remember what we said, the Lord is near? That the one person would say, the Lord is near to the brokenhearted. And so Peter echoes Paul, and he says, I can wrap all of this anxiety and stress up and the thing that's causing me to lose my peace, and in prayer, not the 911, oh God, please help, and then I've gotta to get to my next thing, but I'm dedicated, I'm spending time, I'm getting down on my knees and saying, God, I need your peace. I cannot carry this weight on my own. And so what we are invited to do is that we let prayer be our first response to anxiety. Remember the, the science experiment that you heard in middle school or whenever, Pavlov's dog? 
where they rang the bell and eventually the dog would hear the bell and he would immediately start to drool. Remember that? Well, what we did is, or what they did is they trained that dog's brain. When this happens, this should be the result. When this happens, this thing is gonna come. What we're invited to do with Paul, he says, when anxiety inevitably comes, because it's going to, is I want that to trigger in you, I need to go in prayer. I want it to trigger in you, not how can I fix this, and not, man, this is so bad, and I'm not gonna get on Facebook and tell the whole world how bad it is. No, it's like that bell. Anxiety is here, stress is knocking at the door. Oh, that's my cue. I need to be in prayer. That's my cue. I'm not going to let anxiety and, and, and stress and frustration build it up. I'm gonna take it to God. God, here is what's happening in my life, and then it goes on. Peace is, is grown in prayer, but it's magnified in thankfulness. Peace is grown up in prayer, but it's actually magnified in thankfulness. He says, be, don't be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, then he adds this little thing that we don't always do. With thanksgiving, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. There's this old hymn, some of you remember it, he says, when upon life's billows you are tempest-tossed, when you're all discouraged, thinking all is lost, count, I'm gonna count them, count your many blessings, name them one by one, and it will surprise you what the Lord has done. And that, it's, a, it's kind of a cheesy hymn, but it's great theology, is that we say, man, in the, in, in the middle of anxiety, my temptation is to be so inward-focused. It's about this, and this is going on, and I can't believe this happened, and oh, they said that. Thankfulness turns that around. God, you have been really gracious. You have been present. There's not been a moment that I've gone on my own. You have been near. You've shown me grace. You've given me forgiveness. You've come through in times where I wasn't sure how it was all going to work. You've been with me, and so I'm going to, with thankfulness, God, thank you for all the things that you've given me in my life. Yeah, I don't have everything I want at Christmas, but let me give you a list of what I do have. And yeah, my family is a little bit chaotic, but I'm so grateful that I'm not, uh, you know, don't have any family at all. I'm, I'm, I don't have all the money that I would want at Christmas, but I'm so grateful that we're not going hungry. And yeah, I wish we had, but this is what we do. And then I'm just turning it. I'm choosing to be thankful, and it puts things in perspective. Let's keep moving. We got to keep going. Peace is experienced. This is my favorite one. Peace is experienced supernaturally. Verse number six, I'll read it again. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer, and petition with thanksgiving. What, what do you got going on? Present your request to God. And then verse number seven, here's the promise for you. Here's the promise for me. And you do those things, the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. It's, it's supernatural. There's no reason that you should be at peace. Everything is stacked against you. I mean, you should be at the end of your rope. You shouldn't be able to sleep. You should have ulcers. You ought to go get, you know, whatever it is. There, and yet, you're at peace. Why is that? Is it because all the problems got solved? No. It's actually gotten worse. But I'm internally at peace. It's, it's supernatural. It's the gift that God has for us. But we have to go through it first. 
We can't experience God's peace if we're trying to capture all of our anxiety on our own and hold it all on our own. That the peace of God comes when I give him my anxiety. That the peace of God is resting in my life when I present to him, God, here's what's going on, and I'm not leaving here until the peace comes. I'm gonna be thankful. I am presenting to you, God, I've got all these things, and so now I'm just trusting that you're gonna be faithful to your word, that you will provide for me peace that surpasses all understanding. And then it says it's gonna guard your heart and your mind. The, the translation there is this, it's this idea of a garrison that guards a castle. You've seen the movies, right, where you've got like the biggest, strongest, manliest people guarding the, the front entrance of the castle. That's that idea. Is that, that, that is guarding your heart and it's guarding your mind and it's saying there are some things in your mind that they're not coming in because peace is limiting it. That's gonna guard my heart, it's gonna guard my mind in Christ Jesus. And then here's, here's the last one, is that peace is sustained in our mind. It's sustained in our mind. So it's, it's grown in prayer, it's magnified in thanksgiving, it's experienced supernaturally, but then it's, it's, it's sustained because tomorrow's a new day and new things might happen and other challenges might present themselves, and so it's so easy to have peace and then lose peace, have peace and then lose peace. I had peace and then this happened, and so it sustained, the apostle Paul said, in our mind. Verse number eight and nine says this. Finally, brothers and sisters, so to wrap this all up, what are you thinking about? Like during the week, what, where's your brain go? Because Paul says that really matters. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true. Are, are there some things that you're thinking about that aren't true? Are there some things that you've just assumed? Are there some things that you thought were true, but when you got some more information, they weren't actually true? Well, just think about it, because it'll bring anxiety. But peace is sustained in our mind. Whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, well, think about those things. In other words, think about what you think about. What dominates your brain? What dominates your thoughts? What dominates as you go into the day? Oh, it's gonna be so bad, and this is gonna happen, and when we do this, oh, it's just gonna all fall apart. There's no way. Paul says the way to sustain peace is in, in our mind. Whatever you've learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put it into practice, and then here's, again, here's another promise. The God of peace will be not momentary, a sustained, will be with you. So the Paul, the Paul invites us, just put that filter on, on your mind. That there are some thoughts that knock on the door of your mind that you just say, those don't come in. Those don't get to come and, and take up residence in my mind. Because isn't it true that most anxiety just happens right here between the ears? is that we think about it and think about it and think about it and we assume scenarios and we assume what people are gonna say and we assume how it's all going to work out and it just causes us so much stress and so much anxiety and we have the conversation with the person in the brain. Anybody else do that? Anybody else have the conversation with the person in your brain and you always win that conversation, right? Anybody else with me? Like, they're gonna say this, and then I'm gonna say this, and then I'm really gonna say this. And you just have all the zingers at just the right moment and just the right time, and they just kind of like 
scoot away and you just feel so good and then you see them in real life and it doesn't work like that at all. That's, that's the tr- struggle. And so Paul invites us, put that filter over your mind. That, that man, just because a thought knocks on the door of my mind doesn't mean that it has to take up residence in my mind that I'm in charge of what stays there. I'm not always in charge of what thoughts present themselves, but I don't have to let everything in. It's a filter on my mind. Some of you should do this maybe later today, but all of you, you've got filters in your air conditioner and your furnace, right? What does that do? It keeps the things out that shouldn't be there. We're a full service church. Some of you go change your furnace filters later today. You haven't done it yet. It's important to do it. The same is true in your mind. It's been a long time since you've, you've put a filter over your mind. You've just let... Any old thought just pop in. And it's just anything that wants to come into my mind, it just comes into my mind. And some of it is because we spend too much time on social media. Some of it's because we spend too much time watching the news. Some of it's because we spend too much time around negative people and people that just bring us down. And some of it is just real life anxiety and struggle and stress. But Paul says, put a filter on your mind. Don't let every thought take up root because it steals your peace. And God wants you to have peace. God brought at Christmas peace for you. Not the peace that the world gives, but sustaining peace with him that I can experience in chaos. And I could, because I know some of you don't believe me that this is possible, but I could introduce you to some people that have had a difficult life and experienced peace at the same time. I could introduce you to some people who have tried this out and just decided, I wonder if this works. And they would sit across the table from you and say, it actually works. It's actually real. And I don't know how it happened. And I can't make it a formula where this and then this, but I'm just telling you, it worked. And that's their story. That's their testimony. And they're not special. They just put into practice what Scripture says. And you can do that this Christmas. You can have supernatural peace because the Prince of Peace has come for us. Let me pray for you. Heavenly Father, I'm praying for those this morning that they need this. They need your peace. They have been running so hard and trying so hard to capture the peace that just seems just out of reach. And so Lord, I'm praying for those that are trying to keep all the plates spinning and it's just not working, that your peace would take up residence in their heart. We're so grateful for the Prince of Peace, that in life's chaos and life's struggle and stress, that you are so present, that you give us that supernatural peace. And so Lord, I'm praying this week that we would carve out time to grow peace through prayer, that peace would be magnified in thankfulness as we look to you for uh, all of our needs, that you will supply all of our needs according to your riches and glory. I'm praying that that would be reality in our life and that this Christmas we can take a deep breath and know that you are near that you're so very close to us. So we're praying that that would not just be words on a page, but that would be a reality in our hearts. It's in your name that we pray.